Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm excited to have on the program today, Dr. Alicia Bowman. She works for the Connecticut Association of Schools as Associate Executive Director and Director of the Center for Leadership and Innovation. Prior to joining CAS, she spent 20 years serving the Farmington Public Schools at the school and district levels. She was Connecticut's Elementary Principal of the Year and National Distinguished Principal in 2015. She was featured in a chapter of Lee Tatel's book, School-Based Instructional Rounds. He's principal magazine for her work in using collaborative classroom of observations and analysis to drive school and district improvement. Alicia is an active adjunct faculty member at UCAP. Do you say UCAP? Yeah, or you could say the University of Connecticut Administrator Preparation Program. Okay, UCAP's a lot shorter, but Alicia, yeah, welcome. So glad to have you on the program. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, it's fun to connect coast to coast. It really is. It's a lot of fun. So we've got a great interview here. What to you was a good takeaway for people who are listening? I think it's the value of knowing your people. No matter where you are, whatever role you're in, the value of knowing your people and using them to help you to drive your next step in your leadership work. So through your questions, you made me really think about even in my role now where I support administrators across the state of Connecticut, it's still so important that I have a pulse on knowing my people. Yeah. What's so good is you did not say that specifically, except you did through all the way that you answered my questions. And when I asked this question of myself at the end of an interview, I think I want to get like, what's the theme? What's the underlying thing that, that people should take away? Not like a specific thing. And you did that. So you just <laughs> rolled my thing. And I think that's great. So my, my takeaway from this today is that you're going to talk a lot about your role at the state level, but what you're talking about at the state level is also directly applicable to the individual school level. And rethinking how you're doing things, prioritizing different things. And really, like you said, knowing your people is incredibly valuable. So my idea was, you know, you didn't say this, but everything you're talking about can be applied to the individual school as well. So uh, this is a great interview. We're going to get to this interview with Dr. Alicia Bowman in just a moment. Alicia, first, I'd like it if you talk to us about the Linking Leaders podcast. Uh, that's the podcast that you do. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure, I would be happy to. So the idea came to me this summer. Uh, I was thinking about the many school leaders that we recognize at the Connecticut Association of Schools for their honorable leadership. And that's formal recognition, either as assistant principal of the year, principal of the year, school of the year, et cetera. And that we really have the opportunity to tap into their expertise, their lessons learned. And so to me, it felt like a natural place to start the conversation of how we can link leaders. Starting, I was thinking about the state of Connecticut. You know, how do we take principles and share their good work and their good thinking across our small state? And so I figured that would be a great way to begin the conversation and to really build connections. 
networking is something that we know administrators want to do, but sometimes many of the things can get in their way. And so I thought as an avid podcast listener myself, this may be one way to start to, to build those connections. I think that's awesome and definitely something that in the, in your role with CAS, you have that great opportunity to know who these people are and to give them exposure of what they, so that people know about them and can learn about what they're doing. And I think that it's really a powerful thing that you're doing and something that's, that more state associations should do. It's actually something that I've talked with many associations about is getting making that kind of stuff happen and making sure that you're recognizing and honoring those people that are within you. So at this point, there's not a ton of episodes out, but do you mind just sharing a couple of things that you've learned from what you've recorded as well, even if it hasn't been published yet? Sure. Absolutely. Honestly, what it's a good question. I would say one of the things that has been reaffirmed for me is how humble leaders are and how they're not used to thinking that the work that they do is worthy of sharing, if that makes any sense, Jethro. So absolutely, our school leaders have so many talents and gifts and so much of their work is selfless, but really it's sometimes those small little seeds of ideas that are the biggest, have the biggest impact on other administrators. And what I mean by that is one of the questions I ask them is share with me one of your administrator hacks, like how have you found the time to, you know, fill in the blank? And so they'll share little secrets of how they get the work done and what they've found over the years in terms of systems that allow them to be able to do the work. So whether it's like a little technology tool that they use for notes as they're working across their day and it's all collected in one space or the way that they interact with their administrative assistant that has been transformative in terms of thinking of the old school secretary to an administrative assistant who really is directing and helping that administrator lead their work. So I think I found that those little seeds of ideas, which I'm calling like administrator hacks, have been really quite beneficial. Yeah. And so my approach with this podcast, Transformative Principle, has been to use it to help me learn and grow at every opportunity that I have. And if you go back and listen to all 700 episodes that have been published on this feed, which is a ton, you can hear my growth and development and I can go back and say, oh, that was that problem. That was that problem. That was that problem. And I needed advice from other people to figure out how to solve those problems better and more effectively for the people that I was serving. So I think that's a really awesome thing to be able to share those. And I love these uh, administrator hacks. Those are a lot of fun because there are so many things like one of them is what I was doing there in Connecticut a couple of weeks ago, uh, which was automation and artificial intelligence. I mean, did you know that they even make little golf cart caddies that will move your bag for you and you don't have to do anything with them? Isn't that crazy? I'm so glad you asked that because I may have witnessed that with my very own eyes when we were at the quote country club and that was amazing. Yeah, I thought that somebody's golf cart was just like going away without them. But no, it was remote controlled and they were controlling it. And I thought somebody was going to lose some expensive golf clubs, but they didn't. They had it all under control. You got it. I, I think they should make those. You know how in education we have those old fashioned carts where you like drag all your gear with you. 
I think we should automate one of those. So when we take our show on the road, all of our stuff can be just following us from behind. Yeah, I I think that is a fantastic idea and definitely something that that we need as teachers. You know, they can have it like say they can program it to go to your classroom while you go get a bathroom break. Otherwise, you're not going to have a chance. So exactly. Meet me there. That's right. Meet me over there. Yeah, very good. So so let's talk a little bit about your role at CAS, which is the Connecticut Association of Schools. Right. And what do you do and how do you help school leaders in your role? And as you're talking about that, tell us about what you think school leaders really need right now. Okay. So my official role at the Connecticut Association of Schools is Associate Executive Director. And I also am the director for the Center for Leadership and Innovation. So essentially when I describe my role, I like to think of it as a supporting role. I support administrators across the state of Connecticut. I represent their voice on different committees and task forces. So for example, I'm working on a state task force right now that's looking at special education funding and services. And so when I'm at the table, I am representing the voice of school administrators as we go through that work. I connect with our administrator preparation programs across the state of Connecticut. So think about how can we build um, the pathways between administrator prep and um, supporting our principals in their early days. I help to develop Um, professional learning experiences for administrators and really thinking about not only the content of what we provide, but also the process. So what does that look like, whether it's networks or communities of practice, and ensure that we're meeting the needs of our administrators through feedback and surveys. We have different boards at our organization, so elementary, middle school, high school, the Center for Leadership and Innovation. So I serve on those boards and listen to the feedback from our administrator members, and again, work collaboratively to meet their needs. I also see myself really in this role, Jethro, as a connector for administrators. So really thinking about what is it that they administrators need and are working on, and then how can I support that also connect them with each other? Because often there are administrators throughout the state working on the same work, and we're all duplicating the same work. And so how do I bring people together? and really lift the level across the state. And so I feel like I'm a warehouse of knowledge in terms of what it is that administrators, what their strengths are and how can I put them together. I also, one one of my passions is mentoring aspiring administrators and coaching. So I do coach, I love it. And also we have some aspiring administrator leadership academies both in districts and cross district that we help to grow teacher leadership, really, um, than the capacity of leaders. Your second question about what is it that leaders need? Well, hold on a sec. Let's get to that okay. in just a second. Because you just listed like a million things that you do. And in the past, my impression of state associations for school leaders was that they were like lobbying or political type Um, things. And you're really diving into this idea of supporting active principals in the role in the moment. And that it's not just about advocating on Capitol Hill or whatever the case may be for your state, but that it's about like really developing them. And so I just want to acknowledge that that's what it sounds like and give you a chance to respond to that before you go into the next piece of what administrators need. So 
yes. And advocacy is definitely a part of our work that I did not share, but through our membership and our boards, we're also thinking about how do we advocate and make sure that their voices are at the table. So again, whether it's at the state level or the national level, ensuring that we are also that conduit to larger bodies and that we're ensuring that what is that's important to our administrators is also widely understood. So yes, that is a big component of it as well. Okay, now you can talk about your the next part of what administrators need. So I think what administrators need and what I hear from our members is really that opportunity to build networks and communities of practice. I think, you know, I hate to say coming out of the pandemic, but I said it. I, I feel as if building those connections and, and reconnecting and believing that it's important to step away from the work and come together is so valuable. We can get so busy and so caught up in our day because everything feels urgent and everything uh, that's coming across an administrator's desk can feel that it has equal value or it needs to be a just-in-time thing. But really, that opportunity to network and step away and really do some high-quality strategic thinking and planning is really so important. And for administrators to have the opportunity to talk t together about what it is that they're working on. So sometimes I think it's less about really the content of what administrators need and more about the opportunity and the process and creating the culture and conditions for them to come together. And by come together, I mean, it can be in person, but I also think it can be virtually as well. We've established networks at CAS that meet monthly. They're pop-in, they're based on roles. And it's been interesting because some of those very rural districts that have a one, like today I was meeting with someone and he said, I am the superintendent, the principal, and the director of special education in my district. How am I supposed to do this new educator evaluation plan? So it allows somebody like that to connect to one of our big urban districts and share something that they may have in common. So I'm not sure if I completely answered your question in terms of topic, but I would say really valuing that we need to come together and we need to have those opportunities is important. Yeah. And this is what my principal mastermind, the coaching that I do for principals is really about, you know, it, it's great. And we have these good experiences where everybody's in there and like they're learning stuff, but more important, the thing at the end, every meeting, I say, what was most valuable to you today? And they always say, somebody always says, it was so good feeling like I'm not the only one. I'm not alone. I'm not the only person who's dealing with this. Everybody else is experiencing this too. Those little feelings of not isolation are huge because we feel so isolated all the time. And it's so valuable for us to find that connection point with someone else. So would you mind going into a little bit more detail about how you make those connections happen and providing those networking opportunities in a way that's not like, oh boy, here's another meeting, but rather here's another opportunity. And if I can just, if I can just start answering that question from my experience, because sure. I was there in, um, in October working with Cass on some artificial intelligence stuff, which was an awesome experience. I really loved it. Thank you so much for that opportunity. But what I saw was a, a bunch of friends getting together. And that does not happen everywhere that I go, but that is definitely what happened there. 
And I almost felt this might sound strange, but I almost felt like I don't feel like I can get a word in edgewise with you or the other cast people that were there. Like Tiffany, because you were so busy saying hi to old friends and things like that. And I just want to highlight that because it was really powerful and it felt so comfortable and welcoming that it made it really easy for me to feed off of that energy that you were bringing there. Yeah, well, that's very kind of, of you to say. And I can let you know that we enjoyed your time in Connecticut just as much. So thank you. Back to that idea of really creating the space and time. So sometimes, yes, it's around a topic, but having the space and time to step away and to really think deeply. So the AI was one example of that. Creating the structure and the opportunity and the way you did it with allowing administrators to think about a problem of practice and really work through it and solve it collaboratively and collectively and having the space and time to do that um, is the type of learning they need. Another example was today, I was with a group of educators across the state from various roles, and we were talking about the new educator and leader evaluation system. And again, it's the opportunity to digest the new guidelines, to make sense of what they mean, and then put them into context in your district and really think about what is your right next step. Lower the temperature, not have people leave and feel that they're, that where they are is okay. And like you said, having other colleagues across the state who are in the same place or being able to talk it through and, and get a seat of an idea from somebody at the table next to you. So we closed our PD today with, it mattered that we met because, and when we heard what the different, again, we had teachers, we had teacher leaders, principals, all the way to superintendents. A lot of it was about, I had the time to work with my a team in my district that I never get to sit and talk with. Or I got to work with someone else from across the state and realized that we are in better shape than we thought and I'm leaving with knowing what my next right step is. So again, I'd go back to kind of creating the structure and the conditions for those things to happen with, again, some content and some parameters to it. It's not loosey-goosey, but it's not all stand and deliver kind of, kind of professional learning. Yeah. And having that collaborative approach and idea of how we come to work together rather than we come to be told what's next. That I think is really important. And I really felt like that's an, a point of emphasis that you maybe haven't even articulated that, that, but that's just how you approach things. Am I off the mark in assuming that? You're not because... I feel as a lead learner, every time I'm in front of a group of learners is an opportunity to model something that I hope that they can turn key with whomever it is that they work with, whether it's a group of students, a group of educators, another group of leaders. So I feel that in my role, that's kind of an awesome responsibility. And I hope that I see myself again as a lead learner so that the way that experience is developed is very intentional with the hopes that they can use pieces of it or all of it um, when they go back to their district or their school or their leadership team. Yeah, that's really powerful. So what are some of the things that, that you're focusing on at CAS that you're trying to create the circumstances for this kind of stuff to happen more often? 
What are some of the things that you're changing from how they may have been done in the past or improving on how they've been done in the past uh, to make it more accessible and approachable for the leaders that you're serving? So one thing we've been thinking about is the way we solicit feedback from our membership for, again, professional learning, content, process. And then we take that information and I work with the Center for Leadership and Innovation. We have an advisory board that is cross-role, cross-level. And the way I work with that board is different from how we worked in the past. Instead of having monthly meetings at the end of a very long work day and say to administrators, hey, let's do some deep thinking and planning about professional learning for all of our colleagues across the state of Connecticut as like fires are going off in the background and you know, you're hearing people call them on the walkie-talkie. Last year, we realized, what if we had two half days where we stepped away and we call them kind of planning summits? And that allows us to step away, have lunch together, which I always think is so important. Uh, that might be the Italian in me, but have some lunch together and let's go deep into what is the feedback and do some long range planning. So instead of frequent check-ins, it's really about the depth of our time together. And again, honoring that they're very busy people. And sometimes it's easier to carve out a half day than multiple meetings across the course of the year. So we've changed some structures like that has been helpful to me, it allows me to kind of then map out the year and tap into people like you when I hear some of the topics that are really necessary and important for, for a member. So that's one way. I can say that Tiffany and I are working really hard to build connections as we work on different committees that we've either been tasked to be on or invited to be on. So play-based learning is something that's really big in Connecticut. It came through legislation. So we've been working hard with different different entities across the state to think about what does this mean? What does it look like? So well beyond just schools, but who else has a hand in thinking about play-based learning and how do we bring these leaders together? And then how does that inform practice for our educational administrators? Again, there, there's many things that we're trying to be thoughtful about. And I think when you're in the second year of a role, you really want to take everything on because it's your second time around. You know, the first year you kind of just follow the leader and you're like, okay, this is good. But the second year, you want to make everything even better. And so trying to balance that with not getting in over our head, making sure we're making thoughtful decisions. I can tell you one thing that we did as a way to kind of measure is we have a map of Connecticut and we've been marking where we've had some impact because we feel very pa passionate about reaching all corners of our small state. And we're using that as a little way to say, okay, where are we having touch points? Yeah. And where do we need to go? I like that. So there are a couple of things that I want to say in response to that, because you highlighted things that I think are so valuable and so applicable to everyday life. Number one, rather than meeting every week, month, whatever it was, condensing that down into shorter, more focused, intentional time periods is incredibly powerful. With the ability to meet virtually for an hour at a time, anytime you want, it's really easy to just do back to back to meet meetings that ultimately don't help you get to where you want to go when you're intentional and say, look, we're going to carve out like two half days and make this a real thing. Then it's like, okay, we need to be serious and show up for this. Whereas when it's just a virtual meeting, it's like, okay, well, you know, some people say you should prepare for the meeting as long as the meeting is. 
but really I don't have time for that. I'm just going to jump into this meeting and see what's up. And instead saying, okay, I'm going to be there for half the day. I need to come prepared and be present. That shows a different kind of intention for everybody who's involved. And I think that is really powerful. The second thing that I want to talk about, and I want to ask more questions about this is you're in your second year of this position. You see all the things that you need to do of which there are plenty, no matter what position you take over, you're going to come in with fresh eyes and see so many things that you can change. There are things that you should change, things that you should not change, things that you should wait and get perspective on other things that you should get the lay of the land and the political structures and see what is worth it. How do you prioritize in your position what you should change, what you should tackle and make smart decisions about that? That's a great question. So I can say a few things. One is using feedback loops. You know, those are things that as, as a, when I was a school-based or a district leader, having systems for collecting feedback from your different colleagues and being very intentional about it. So I used to do entry plans and, and say and ask and invite people in, ask the same questions of, the, of anyone throughout the organization, and then come back and look at the themes and say, okay, this is what I heard and this is what I'm doing. And I kind of think of our membership feedback loops. And sometimes they're really brief, Jeff, or like a question or two. I don't need a lot of information. But then to be able to, I call them like a pulse survey. What's the pulse out there? And then this is what I heard, heard, and I don't mean I, I mean we as a team. And this is what we're doing in response. Or this is what I need your help in helping us do in response. So really being intentional through listening to the voices of our memberships, our members is important. I Sometimes when I have a new opportunity, that's presented before me, I think about, okay, if I gave this a go, is it worth, is it something that I could scale up and then bring to other leaders across the state? So when I'm assessing value, I'm always thinking about, okay, is this beneficial to our organization and to our leaders at a broader scale? The other thing is one of our, the biggest goals, as I said before, is about net, networking and building connections. And so we don't want to do this work alone. We want to build bridges and connections, whether, like I said, working with administrator preparation programs, the State Department of Education, our regional educational centers across the state. So is it something that is going to help us to build connections with any of those parties that, again, supports administrators? So those are some of the ways. I like it. Those are good. I think that just constantly reassessing where you're at and what you're doing and how it's working or not working is really important. So my final question for you, Alicia, is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? I would say push your chair back a little bit from the table and just listen. And I think no matter what setting you're in, if you can really listen and listen deeply, that it can really help you to figure out what is your right next step in your work. And that can be really in any setting. It could be, you know, at a team meeting. It could be sitting with your assistant principal. It could be with other leaders across your district. Sometimes we're so busy in the work that we don't really listen. And so maybe just pushing back a little bit and not being the first to speak may provide you that, that direction that you need to make your next 
transformative move. And that can be small, a small move or a really big move and be just as equally transformative. Yeah, that's very good. And on that point, I had a strategy that I still use to this day, which is I draw a little diagram of everybody in a meeting and then I wait until everybody else has spoken and then I finally speak and, or I get as close to that as I can. Yeah. Not because like, I, I don't have something valuable to say, but because I always have something to say and I can easily dominate a conversation, which is why podcasts are so good for me because I have to have something to say in every opportunity. And so it's really beneficial for me to do that, to really force myself to wait to say something until everybody else has had a chance to. And that's mm-hmm. for me. Some people, they need to be the first one to speak because absolutely comfort position. And so, you know, sometimes you got to push yourself out of your comfort zone to do what the right thing is. So Alicia, thank you so much for being part of Transformative Principle. I really appreciate it. And uh, this has been an awesome conversation. So thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity and it's been fun to get to see you again. Edited by Gage Sanderson.